Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Burbank. Burbank Burbank.com.au. The property market is tough right now, high prices and homes selling before they've even been advertised. So why buy when you can build? 100% Aussie owned, 100%. Burbank Homes gives you everything you need. Build new and save with affordable quality. Outstanding home and land packages are now available in some of Australia's finest and fastest growing areas. Free transparent estimates. Yeah, free. Fixed price contracts so you know exactly what you're paying for and what you're getting. And if you don't want to change your address, why not knock down and build new? Burbank builds homes for Aussie families. They support communities by employing local tradies and engaging in sustainable practices. Head to their website, burbank.com.au, and tell them we sent you. Burbank.com.au Welcome to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. It's the Penrith Panthers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the 2021 Decider, and good luck to both of them. This is our grand final special over three awesome parts, one you won't and can't hear anywhere else. The biggest and best names in the game reliving their memories of grand finals, both successes and failures. What follows are interviews and sections of interviews too that, as the title suggests, are unfiltered. Enjoy, legends. The Warriors made their first grand final in 2002. Kevin Campion and Stacey Jones were co-captains that year. Campo was dropped on in. What did the day of grand final 02 mean to New Zealand Rugby League? Oh, mate, it was, a, it was just a build-up of, um, you know, they, they were... Uh, they came into the competition in '95 and had so so much uh, non-success, I guess, if you call it that. Yep. Um, I just think it meant everything uh, to New Zealand. They were uh, they were always a poor cousin, um, you know, trying to you know shine above the the union over there. Yeah. And I think they you know, they they really put themselves on the map uh, in 2001 and 2002. Um, but you know that 2002 grand final was just was unbelievable. You had the whole the whole nation, um, you know, supporting us, and and uh, it was it, it was beautiful. And they the great thing about that particular day on the grand final day, they 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 sang the Australian national anthem and they sang the and, yeah. and the New Zealand national anthem was and it was it was so um, you know so touching. Yeah, it was. Uh, Unbelievable. You guys were minor premiers that year. What was the difference from previous years? Uh, just, um, we knew how to win. Yep. Um, that, was, that was one of the things. Um, and we had a, um, an aura about us. You know, we weren't, I know a lot of teams didn't like coming over to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, because of the weather. Uh, and you know the travel, 
and those types of things. But now they had to deal with a really good side that were going to, you know, if you're off your game, they'll they'll put fifty on you. Um, so it was a really tough um, trip yeah, to do. Unfortunately, you came up against a red hot Roosters side. Their defence that year, and you love the tough stuff. But their defence that year changed the way the game was played. It was rushing, it was brutal, and it was relentless. Yeah, in saying that, I mean, if you look at that grand final, we, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't until the last probably twenty minutes that they really they really got away from us. They it was three tries in fifteen minutes or something like that. It was, yeah. which sort of blew the score out. I mean, we were leading, um, you know, ten minutes into the first, into the second half, uh, Stacey. Scored a wonderful individual oh, oh, oh. try yeah. that you know goes down in in folklore. Marsh combining with Jones after CU2, you gave them an opportunity. Here's Jones in his face. Jones is inside the ten. Jones scores. New Zealand are level. New Zealand are level. But just have a look at Jones. Dummies to Lauertuti. Steps left. Steps left again. Through the gap. Comes to the fullback Phillips. He's a good defender. Didn't go close to getting him. Avoided the ankle tap from Brad Fittler. He's beaten five or six. Punches the air. And he's ch- a chance for his team to go in front with the conversion. Oh, this is unbelievable. This is one of the best grand final tries you'll ever see. He's beaten five, six, seven players. No one laid a hand on him in the end. We, we were just trying too hard to win that particular... We weren't... You know, we'd lost focus on, on, our, on our jobs. Individuals lost focus on their jobs. And it goes back to, you know, knowing your job and, and doing, that, doing your job on the particular day. And we had, we had players doing uncharacteristic characteristically um, different things that they'd normally do, like like things like, um, you know, Ali, Ali, wonderful ball player and, and, and beautiful skill, but he was he was trying to uh, um, promote the ball at, on every occasion. Yep. You know, not knowing when to die with it, quick play the ball. and um, Yeah, look, it's just an opportunity lost. And I, I really, you know, of all the grand finals um, that I played in, um, you know that 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 that's one that I, I really thought we were going to win. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Let's wind back the clock. The date: the twenty second of September, nineteen ninety one. The venue: the Sydney Football Stadium, with forty one thousand eight hundred and fifteen fans. The event: the ARL Grand Final, and the two teams. For the second year running, the Canberra Raiders and the Penrith Panthers. Our look at the game is through the eyes of Penrith legend and captain Greg Alexander. Mate, do you still look back and smile all these years later? Um, I do, Andy, and it's always at this time of the year, grand final week, you always catch a replay or a bit of the game on Fox. um, And it does, you know, it makes you think about that day and that year and uh, the time we had. but this, this year, even more so, with Penrith in the grand final, um, it brings back, you know, the memories are a little bit little bit thicker and a little bit quicker. Is there one moment that stands out above others? Uh, in, the, in the game, the grand, the, the, the grand final? Um, not really. Um, and I, I've, I've forgotten a lot of the game. You know, you have to watch it to remember it, yeah. actually. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the finish of it was... Um, well, the best I felt through that game was when I knew we, we'd won the game, and that was kicking the goal after Royce's second try. Yep. You know, there was still three or four minutes left, but that was the moment where I knew that we had it won, so that stands out. 
Such an emotional win for the players, for their families, for the club and community of Penrith. And I think it is all encapsulated in that beautiful photo of you and mum with mum leaning over the fence, giving you a kiss, tears in her eyes. It just shows how much sport can mean to all of us. Yeah, that's true, Andy. You know, and it's it's not – it wasn't just, this, you know, the 15 players as it was back then um, mm. that took the field. Uh, you know, it wasn't even our team. It was. It meant so much more to to everyone else that had that had lived through the times out at Penrith, and you know, the club struggled for recognition and for respect for for twenty five years. Um, you know, and for all the hard work that had gone before us, and you know, to remember those that that had gone, the the work done before us, and all the people that had supported Penrith over the years, it was you know finally their day. A few changes to the two sides from 12 months prior. To sum it up, you guys had a young playing roster, fearless, keen, ruthless, and a local bunch that were enjoying themselves. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know, and you need all those ingredients to, to fall into place. Um, we had, as you said, some experience. And I, 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 was, I wasn't young. That was, you know, 91 was my eighth season. So, you know, I'd, I'd been around for a while. Um, Royce's last game. But, you know, we had a, a group of young players and a group of Penrith boys, basically, yeah. that had grown up together. Um, you know, at different ages, we're, we're all sort of uh, had come through that Penrith the Penrith Juniors at different ages. Some had played together. I played with Fandy all my life, Johnny Cartwright. Uh, MG came through with a couple of others. Um, you know, then there was Ben and Scarter, Steve Carter and, and others. But, yeah, it was, it was a good group and it was, a you know, the perfect mix. And you need that to win a comp. Roycey Simmons, saving the best to last. <laughs> it mightn't have been his finest game, but two tries in the GF. What a way to go out. Yeah, he's pretty good, Simo. You know, yeah. if, you, if you had to, Bradley Clyde wasn't going, you know, didn't get the Clive Churchill medal. And, you know, I, I think voting errors were the only reason he got it. Yeah. You, you know, you, you couldn't have denied Royce. <laughs> Your last game, two tries. Um, and apart from the two tries, you know, he, he, he fired us up defensively in that second half when MG got binned. Um, you know, so it was, it was a... a a very fitting way for, for Royce to go out. Mark Guyer, of course, your brother-in-law. You've been mates for 40 years as well. What a day he had. Uh, very Mark Guyer, all in the headlines, but 10 minutes in the sin bin in a bloody grand final. I know. I know. And, and, and um, you know, speaking about the grand final this week, I, MG was another one that could have easily won the Clive Churchill. He was yeah. involved in... Um, you know, all the tries we scored. Uh, the play that, you know, he came up with off the short drop kick from Scott Gale that led to Royce's try was just so MG. Yep. But you're right, the 10 minutes in the bin uh, shook the side up. But, it, uh, you know, we were able to survive while he was off the field. And, and I think in the end, you know, it, it might have been a good thing, Andy. It, in hindsight, that the game changed then. They... They dominated. Even though we scored first, they they finished that first half on top. Uh, the second half, they didn't get out of their own 
own 50-metre area. They, I don't know if they played the ball inside our half, and our defence was amazing. Um, we kept them pinned down there. It took a long time to break them down, but we were patient enough, and you know we finally got it done. But, uh, yeah, MG was enormous that day. Another guy enormous and often doesn't get the raps I think he deserves, and he got your back level, Brad Izzard. Yeah, no, what a champion Wiz was. And I, I love playing with Wiz. And I, I will always say that, you know, as a halves combination, he was my favourite 5-8 to play with. He was a was such a great ball runner. Um, and, you know, he played State of Origin. Well, he played for New South Wales, you know, when he was 19. And probably should have had a, a more successful career than, than what he did. Probably should have played more rep football if, if in terms, that's what, if that's what you sort of, if that's how you're measuring success. But yeah, he was a great player. Came off the bench. Him and John Cartwright came off the bench, and that was another thing that I thought worked in our favour. With uh, both Cardi and Wiz coming onto the field in the second half, gave us a, a bit more punch. A forward pack that reads: Paul Clark, Roy Simmons, Paul Dunn, Mark Geyer, Barry Walker, Cole Vandervoort. Gee, there's some tough there, and. We talk about defence. We talk about that's how you win grand finals and big games. Uh, as a halfback, you'd feel a level of security playing with that bunch of six. Yeah, you know, they, were, they were terrific. You know, Nobby Clark and Paul Dunn were, were good signings by the club. We needed front rowers that would take us, um, you know, we could play off the back of. And Nobby, Nobby was brilliant that year. Arguably the best front row in the game uh, for 91. And... Uh, always landed, got half got through the defence uh, and gave us a quick play the ball. And as a half, I, I, I appreciated that. Vandy was a champion. You know, he'd, he'd been around playing since since I played. And so we, we'd sort of come through the, the juniors together. And Barry Walker was a, a very good forward, uh, mobile, and tough. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was a good pack. And it needed to be because we're up against a side that... Um, you know, had Stuart Daly, Meninga, Belcher, Clyde, Lazarus, Walters. Um, you know, so that that's a pretty handy side, Canberra side, and and our, our blokes, our blokes more than held their own in the middle. Scores are locked at twelve all. Seven minutes remain. You're forty something meters out. It's the last tackle, and the ball goes to you. Have you ever hit a field goal any sweeter? Um, well, Andy, it was she was a, she was an ugly looking yeah. ugly looking kick, um, and I was surprised in the end that it that it made it, and it was a snap decision. I really wasn't thinking field goal because I thought we're too far out, um, but there was no chase from the Canberra defence, or or it wasn't as quick as I thought it would have yep. been. Um, so I decided to have have a crack, and uh, it was one of those floating drop kicks yeah. that just kept floating and just kept going. But, yeah, it was good feeling. But I, 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 there was no excitement in me at that stage, even though, that you know, we hit the front for the first time in the second half. It, um, you know, I knew there was a fair bit of work to do. So 13-12 uh, was, was handy, but I knew it wasn't going to be enough. That last try to Roy Simmons, as you said, extremely important from Mark Guy, but the... Conversion from the sideline, the Eastern Touchline at the old SFS. Run us through it, your memories. 
Well, I couldn't have hit that any sweeter. Yeah. That, that's the one that I that I absolutely nailed. Like that was from the sideline, and it was it it seemed like it was you know it was halfway up the uprights when it was still going through. So I absolutely nailed it, um, dead straight. Didn't move an inch. And um, you know, if ever you wanted to kick a kick your best or save your best to last, that was it. So you know, that put a seven in front with. Not enough time left on the clock for Canberra, but they did they did get the ball back from the kickoff. Mm. So God God knows how I would have felt if the kick had have missed and were only up by five. But she was all over by then, Andy. Once that kick once it left my boot, I knew it was going through and um, the relief hit me. A magical moment, the nineteen ninety one grand final, Penrith nineteen twelve winners there first and a little bit of history. Always interesting finding out. What game is a player's favourite? For some, it's an absolute no-brainer. North Queensland Cowboy Michael Morgan joins us. I'm going to hazard a guess and say the 2015 Grand Final. Am I right? Yes, you are. It's um, it's a bit funny, actually, because I don't remember too much of the game. I think it's just the aftermath of the game that um, I enjoyed so much, so it makes that game the best. A game that I remember more that I really enjoyed was 2017 Decider. Um, No, sorry, 20... 2015 decider it was. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my first Origin series, and we I think we put 50 on New South Wales that night. Whereas that's a game that I remember a lot more, just because we were winning by so much. Yep. Whereas because the grand final was so close, I don't remember the game as much. Yeah, it all just happened so quick. But yeah, after the game was awesome. What do you remember of those? Let's say final five or ten minutes of of the grand final, because you had a, a huge footprint in history that day. Yeah. Um, Honestly, the main thing I remember is how bugged I was. Hey, I was genuinely fatigued, and um, I don't remember a game where I've been that fatigued again or beforehand. So um, that's the main thing I remember. Um, obviously, the end I, when we got the ball back the last set, um, I was yeah, I was blowing a fair bit then. Um, so I didn't. I think I only touched the ball. I think twice when Jimmy Tamo threw an offload, and I just got rid of it straight away because I was buggered. Um, and then the last time I touched it was, um, yeah, when John threw it back to me as well. So um, pretty frantic game, yeah. I did a Legend Series interview with Matt Scott who told me the story of the week leading into the grand final that you were playing on the right-hand side and you asked him about, should I change my carry? Should I change which hand that I carry the ball in? And Matt was like, oh, no, nah, just do what you're doing. Well, you're lucky yeah. nothing changed, mate, because that ball to felt was a beauty. <laughs> I do remember that conversation too, actually. It was that week, yeah. Um, he said, don't change anything, mate. Not now. So I said, yeah, okay, you're right. Um, I don't know. I think it was just habit that I'd put into that hand. I can't sort of – I don't feel comfortable holding it on my chest on my right side. Yep. For so long, I, I've always – I think because I had um, shoulder problems when I was younger with my left shoulder. So I learned to carry it in the left hand so I didn't land on it and dislocate yep. my shoulder again. Um, so, yeah, for some reason, it felt more comfortable holding it in my right hand but out in my hand. and. Um, it's funny how things work out, hey? It certainly Lucky. is. Can you believe that that Kyle felt moment? Do you still look back and smile on that? Yeah, I do because every year a grand final rolls around now, it gets played. Yeah. Um, so it's not a – yeah, it's, I don't mind seeing it every year. It's a nice little reminder. Um, but it's still, yeah, it's still exciting Yeah, when you see it. It's still, you know, you get that little tingly, happy feeling inside and, um, yeah, it still means a lot. 2015 Premiers, the North Queensland Cowboys and Michael Morgan, a huge role in that win. 
burbank.com.au. The property market is tough right now, tougher than an Adrian Morley shoulder charge. Prices, they're higher than a Greg Inglis torpedo and homes are selling before they've even been advertised. It's a bit like Tommy Travojevic's next contract. So why buy when you can build 100% Aussie-owned? 100%. Burbank Homes give you everything you need. Build new and save with affordable quality. Outstanding home and land packages are now available in some of Australia's finest and fastest growing areas. Free transparent estimates. Yeah, that's right, free. There's also fixed price contracts so you know exactly what you're paying for and what you're getting. No confusion. And if you don't want to change your address, just knock down and build new. Burbank builds homes for Aussie families. They support communities by employing local tradies and engaging in sustainable practices. Head to their website, burbank.com.au, and tell them we sent you. They're legends. Legends of what they do and how they do it. Legends because they're here to help you. That's burbank.com.au. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Let's wind back the clock. The date, Sunday the 30th of September 2012. The venue, Sydney's Olympic Stadium with 82,976 fans. The event, the NRL Grand Final and the teams, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs and the Melbourne Storm. Our look at the game is through the eyes of Storm forward Ryan Hoffman. A low-scoring game, Hoffy. Is there a moment or a memory that stands out above all others for you from this game? Oh, I, I certainly think um, being fortunate enough, uh, fortunate enough to score the first try. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all, all the tries we scored that night were really special. We only scored three of them, yep. but they were really special because they were all things that we trained at nauseam through, throughout the week. And um, we, we identified early on that Christian likes to come up past his inside defenders. So, we always said as soon as we got the first opportunity, um, Gareth Whittup wanted to wanted to put me under what we called a bit bit of a lead line, where yep. instead of hitting inside the three, it hit on the three's outside shoulder, and uh, it worked a treat. Bill Bill show, showed it really well in the um, coming around the back of the block, and yep. he drew um, interest, and yeah, got through the hole and reached out. First try in a grand final. Anyone have any celebrations? Any of your mates on you for first try scorer? Yeah, I think a few a few boys were because I think they missed out no nine when I, yeah. when I scored the, the the first the first try there. So um, I had, when I picked the phone up after the game, there was certainly a lot of uh, photos of boys tabs t- tab tickets. Nice. Very, very happy, mate. Paul Gallon and Nate Miles punched on in Origin 2013. That wasn't until nine months after this game, so it was still allowed. And there was plenty of throwing hands in this one. It was a little bit old school, if you like, wasn't it? Yeah, we 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 got a bit of a rivalry with the, with the Bulldogs um, for, throughout that year. They, uh, I think, we beat them in Melbourne, and then they gave us a bit of a hiding, to be honest, up there in Cairns. And um, on uh, Mackay, sorry, Mackay, yes. and um, and and you know, they, we 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 started to get a bit of niggle, and that they had some players that that liked a bit of a niggle. Yeah. And, in obviously in Inu and and uh, good old Joshy Reynolds and, and and all that that sort of thing. I'm not saying we're angels because we're, we're, we're <laughs> certainly not. 
with uh, Will Chambers. But uh, yeah, there was a bit of a incident when the Bulldogs scored their scored their try. Kristen came over and let Bill know he wasn't happy with what mm. he did, and Bill let Kristen know he wasn't happy, and then it just exploded from there. It wasn't just the stink. It was an old-school game in many respects. Low scoring, a battle of attrition, real last-man-standing type of stuff from what I recall. Is that how you recall it? It, it was. I mean, there were no try, no points at all scored in the second mm. half. It was it was definitely just defence-orientated. And, look, visually it might not have been the most attractive grand final, but certainly in playing it, it was, it was one of the, the toughest I've been involved in just because... We were in constant defence. I think uh, after half time, you know, we're sitting pretty up up fourteen four, and then the Bulldogs have their first set and kick it down. I think Bill knocks it on, mm. and we, we don't touch the ball again for another ten minutes. So it was a tough way to start that. I remember Cameron Smith came up with an amazing play, managing to hold Ennis um, up when he had a crack from dummy half, and then there was that play where Bill chased uh, Benny Barber, made a break and part, kicked inside for Josh Morris, and Bill somehow got himself involved and and managed to break that up. So there were certainly some tense moments there. Is that when you believe the Storm traditionally or historically are at their best, when it's a war, when you've got to dig deep and, and look within yourself? Look, we pride ourselves on our defence, and defence is all that attitude. Yep. So we, we, we really pride ourselves on our attitude and our attitude towards defence and making sure that, yeah, we're always going to back ourselves to score at least 13 points. So all we need to do is keep the opposition to 12. Uh, we managed to keep the opposition to four, and that was a you know that was a Bulldogs team that was scoring points at will. And uh, we took a lot of pride in the fact that um, we wanted to keep this you know fantastic attacking outfit. You know, Benny Barber was he was like um, heading back to like Jared Hayne in, in 09. Yeah. Like he was a really dominant force, but we really nullified him. And to be honest, a lot of that came down to Ben Hampton. A lot of people might not know this. Ben Hampton, we had the task of, he was Benny Barber for the week. And the way he trained and the way he studied Benny Barber just to show, um, just to give us a real um, training aspect on him, we, we managed to shut him down quite well. Ben Hampton wasn't actually in the 17 on game day. So he was the uh, reserve trusted yeah. with being Ben Barber for the week. Yeah, look, and it just shows it's not a 17... Uh, a 17 man effort. Yep. It takes everyone with yep. them. We need our reserves and the guys not playing the grand final. You know, unbelievably disappointing as it is, but we, we need them to be able to train so they're preparing first grade as well as possible. And certainly Benny was a standout for that. For those like you that had been there for either 07, 09, or both, was this redemption, did it feel a little bit sweeter? Yeah, it's it's funny that 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 got brought about. Um, that got banded obviously with what happened in two thousand and ten and how close the boys came in two thousand and eleven. The the thing, Craig, the mantra we were running with is we were going to get what we deserved. Yep. To be honest, if we if we played well enough and when we, we deserve it, we're going to get it, and that that's what it was. But I don't. It was never said. It, this is redemption. This is going to get back everything. So it was never said. It might have been in the back of everyone's minds. But um, it was it was definitely a very very sweet feeling knowing two years after having our hearts absolutely ripped out, stomped on, and thrown in the trash compactor, mm. we managed to get back to to the to the top of the tree. So many headlines, such a turbulent period in the Melbourne Storms history in NRL history. I think that gets overlooked. There, there was a lot of players doing it really tough for a long period of time. Yeah, certainly things got very personal. Things got. Um, 
quite out of out of hand, to be quite honest. And to be honest, we're we're, we're still copying it ten years on, and it doesn't matter what the wow. club has achieved. The club has achieved monumental things beyond yeah. better than what we did before two thousand and ten. Um, we 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 still copy. We're still tarred with that brush, unfortunately. And um, you know, I think the only people this year that were involved back then is well, Cameron's the only one. Uh, Cameron and Jesse Bromwich were the only ones playing. And um, the, in terms of play, in terms of other staff, it's just myself, Ryan Hinchcliffe, and Craig Bellamy. So, what's that? Five people involved for, from back then, and was yep. still going to same brush. But look, in the end, we we know what this club's about. We know that. Um, we get our success due to how hard we work. Dale Finucane actually played from the bench for the yeah. Dogs that day. We, you mentioned Jesse Bromwich and Cameron Smith. It's hard to believe, but we were eight years ago. We were saying probably Cam Smith's playing the best footy of his career. Uh, we were probably eight years out. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I I wish I, I, I generally don't know how this bloke keeps doing it. Yep. I, I, I honestly don't. I mean. Yeah, certainly he's not the he's not as might not be as quick as what he was, might not be as strong as what he was, but he's quick between the years, and that's yep. something that in this in this game and the position he plays, that's where he stands out above everyone else. And um, I think what what shows the class of the man and the class of Cameron Smith, it doesn't matter what years he's been playing, he's always never overplayed his hand. Yeah, he he never felt he he puts trust in other players, and you know of course throughout the years. Playing with Cooper and Billy, they they had unbelievable trust. But you're seeing it this year with Jerome and, and Cameron and Ryan Pappenhausen. Like that, they, they have Cameron's trust, and he has no hesitation in letting them take control of it. And that just shows that the bloke that number one doesn't have an ego, and number two knows that that's going to be be the best for the team. It was Melbourne's fifth grand final appearance in seven years. The 2012 NRL Grand Final. The Storm over the Bulldogs, 14 points to four, another successful chapter in the Storm's history. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered the Blast. Let's wind back the clock. The date is Sunday, the 5th of October, 2003. The venue, Sydney Olympic Stadium. The event, the NRL Grand Final between the Sydney Roosters and the Penrith Panthers in front of 81,166 fans. Meatloaf, the Hoodoo Gurus, Kelly Clarkson and Troy Cassadaly with a pre-game entertainment. It was first versus second. The Panthers were the minor premiers and confident. It was a side coached by Johnny Lane, captained by Craig Gower that included some old hardheads, but some young, exciting and excitable kids. Our look at the game is through the eyes of the good-looking young lightweight winger from Penrith, Luke Lewis, as a pup. Louis, who kept you kids calm in the lead-up? <laughs> oh, mate, that's a, that's a great way to say it. Like, look, Preston Campbell was awesome. But in saying yeah. that, everyone was so relaxed. Um, I think Johnny Lang done a great job with us. I really do. Like, um, I made those opportunities where we could have went and stayed in the city the night before. Uh, he just said, look, I don't want to change too many things. I keep it pretty lighthearted during the week and uh, just go and sleep in our bed. We'll catch the bus out and we'll get the job done on, on the uh, Sunday. So uh, we did that and, mate, Preston, you know, was – Playing the old, you know, don't look at the uh, the circle sort of game, and everyone was just sort of having a bit of a dance. We had our captain who, um, and Craig Gow, who was just laying in the in the change rooms asleep, fifteen minutes before warm up. Uh, everyone was just super relaxed. You had Tony Pulitua and and Joe Nullaby, the two hair bears, and mate, they were just having a laugh, walking around as if it was a, a Sunday afternoon at Penrith. And mate, we seen it all on the big screen. It actually sort of panned from our video room out into the big screen. And, um, you know, Presto sort of you know mucking around on the camera again and. 
And then it goes over to the rooster shed. And uh, then you sort of see the rooster sort of you know, heads down, really understand what's on the line. Um, and they're going for, for two in a row. Mm. Um, so they, they look very nervous. And, uh, mate, from there, again, it was weird, but something came over me and I just knew. I just knew we were going to win. Um, and that was how it sort of all panned out. But our older guys were just so awesome that day. They kept us all relaxed because they looked super relaxed. So us young guys, we just went with the flow. First impressions of running out into the stadium, can you still picture it in your mind? Because you wouldn't have at this stage in your career run out and do anything quite like this before. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm glad you actually asked that question because me and Runes the week before, uh, we beat the Warriors at the same stadium. Yeah. Uh, we knew we were going to the grand final. So we played a lot of footy together, me and Luke Rooney. We walked back out in the middle of the stadium and we were talking, going, can you believe that this place would be absolutely packed next week coming to watch us play footy? And uh, mate, we're just sitting there, you know, mucking around, thinking how good is this? We'll call them tries. Although, you know, I know Runes is going to score a double on the grand yeah. final, but um, you know, we're mucking around. So we, we always said if you score a try in the grand final, it was worth double. So we'd have a competition between us all and I ended up scoring two. But, um, mate, when we run out, unbelievable. You can't even explain it. Like, you look around, there's so many Penrith fans. I think I think everyone was just supporting Penrith. I, um, I don't know if anyone actually wanted the Roosters to win that were there, but. Uh, yeah, what an amazing feeling it was. And never in my wildest dreams I ever uh, think I'd get to do something like that. But mate, it, was the, it was the dream that I always wanted to do as a kid, especially in that Penrith jersey as a, as a Penrith supporter. Amazing day for Luke Rooney, wasn't it? Not one try, but two tries in the big dance. Unbelievable, mate. And the other Luke as well had an absolute blinder and Luke Prittis. So mate, it, was a, it was a day of the Lukes. Yes. Except for me, but I got the wins. It was all right. <laughs> Mate, the rain started really early. I think it started just after kickoff. It was a battle of defences, and in theory, that probably should have suited the Roosters, perhaps. Yeah, you're 100% right. I remember the kickoff. Uh, it was a, lot, a little bit of a drizzle. They kicked off. It got real deep, and, um, and Tony Platour picks it up. Almost gets driven straight back into the end goal. And we're half a metre off our, uh, our own line. I thought, oh, we are in for a big night. Um, but you know what? It was... Uh, it was perfect. We sort of built it up the whole the whole um, semi-final series because we got written off so many times during the semis and everyone's saying, oh, look, Penrith, yeah, they've done really well, but their defence is no good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Penrith got this far. Yeah, they've won the minor premiership, but their defence going to let them down. We took it pretty personal, I think, and I think our older guys sort of set the standards for that. Um, when it comes grand final night, we said, okay, well, we've got the best – we come up against the best defensive side and, and probably one of the best attacking sides in the squad. Uh, John, Lang, John Lang's message was pretty clear. You know, they, they, they run hard and they tackle hard. We're just going to run harder and tackle harder. So um, that was basically the message we took on and everyone bought into it. Uh, Gal, he executed the game plan and Luke Prittis, um, he was just the best I'd ever seen him play. He was amazing and um, made the rest of his history, I suppose. But again, everything fell into place and it all sort of got built up from the outside pressure and we took it personally. The Scotty Sattler tackle. Amazing. Is there any other word that quite <laughs> describes it? Uh, no, not really. It is amazing. Um, mate, what he did was unbelievable. But I always say to Sats, I think I made his career because yeah. um, I tripped Todd Burns over. He's, he's running up the sideline and, mate, he's got the perfect handle on him. And Sats was probably the unsung hero of our side in 2003. He didn't get as many accolades as he, he probably should have. But, mate, he, I know we see that tackle done in the grand final, but what he did for us during the year and how much clean-up work he did during the year, um, he was – Absolutely unbelievable in 2003. And I think all his hard work paid off in that one tackle. And uh, just because all his effort during the year had all been built up for that one particular point in time against the Roosters on that night. So, yeah, it was an amazing uh, tackle. I, I still get the video sent to me 
uh, now from Sats at least once a month. So yeah. I, don't, I, I never, ever, ever, ever forget it. Fiddler's gone after it. Then he scoops the ball away to Byrne. Byrne puts on a fin. Then he puts on a sprint. Sattler is chasing. Sattler is leading. The tackle of the day. What a tackle by Scott Sattler. That's one of the greatest tackles you will ever see in any game. Unbelievable. That's the one. Most people think Sats is a nice, polite guy, and he is, but we love him because he's got so much shit in him. He, in private situations, <laughs> he still talks it up and calls himself Mr. 54th Minute. He loves it. Oh, he's unbelievable, mate. He's, he's dead set. He's, he's a big kid brain. That's why I think I love him. Yeah. Most people look back at that tackle as one of the defining moments. What's your moment in the game that you look back on? Oh, mate, there's a couple of defining moments. I think the Sattler one's pretty hard to go past because, you know, Todd Burns scores there. Uh, who knows where the game goes from there. But, um, yeah, there was so much belief that come out of that tackle that we, we knew we were just going to go on with it. But Luke Pritis come up with a huge play. I remember Craig Yao was saying that um, at the back, he was in perfect position to hit a field goal. Uh, Luke Pritis sort of sold it really well, looked like he was going to go to him. And then he just sort of went to the left, done a massive cutout pass. It was a good 20-metre pass. Hits Luke Rennie on the chest. He was sort of flirting with a bit of danger there with Chris Walker, but he just had it down to down to perfection, and that that pass made it that try from yep. Rooney in the corner. Uh, I think that was a huge moment. But um, mate, there was so many other little moments. There was some scramble defence we'd done on our own line where we just had to hold the roosters out time after time after time in, in that wet weather. We did that. Um, you know, Craig Gow's kicking game was was absolutely beautiful that mm-hmm. night. He, he just kept putting you know that ball as far down the field as he could. Uh, our kick chase was spot on, and we just kept defending it. So. I mean, there's probably three or four things that you could probably say that really went our way to, to win in that game. But Did you realise, because you were so young at the time, just how special it was? No, I had no idea, to be honest. Um, we, we won the grand final. We had a great night for the Panthers. It was amazing. We had our Mad Monday, which was mind-blowing. And then we get a phone call halfway through uh, Mad Monday knowing that we're going on a kangaroo tour. So mate, my head went from having a few beers to go, oh, hang on. Yeah, my neck, my dreams come here. I'm going to have the opportunity to play in the green and gold. So I sort of cut the alcohol and just got straight back into training on the, on the Tuesday. So I was sort of like a bit, bit crazy back then because yeah. I didn't know if it was ever going to come or if it was ever going to go or what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So and I wish I just sort of sat back and, re- and relaxed and enjoyed it a lot more and, and appreciated what I do have. The Penrith Panthers, 18 points to six winners over the Sydney Roosters, claiming their second ever premiership in a game that produced so many of those moments in rugby league that we still look back on fondly all these years later. The 2012 NRL Grand Final was contested between the Melbourne Storm and the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. The date was Sunday the 30th of September and the venue was Sydney's Olympic Stadium. Jamin Lowe from the Storm side joins us. That was a seriously tough grand final, my friend. Yeah, it was, mate. It was, um, you know, the two best defensive teams and the two top teams on the, on the table at the end of the year. And, um, yeah, it was always going to be a to-and-fro sort of, sort of game. I wouldn't have picked it that low, to be honest, yeah. like, I thought, you know, with Barber in one team and Slater in the other, that, you know, teams would get tired and they'd do their thing. But, you know, 14, 14 4 at half time, I don't think anyone in the Storm Camp was comfortable that that was going to be enough. You know, hindsight, obviously it was. But, 
Yeah, and, and, and it wasn't a um, – it was still an exciting game too. Oh, yeah. Like, you, know, you talk to a lot of people years later, it was still – you know, both teams were outstanding defensively. And, yep. and that I still, you know, talk to people now, I believe you know, Cooper Cronk was the difference between the two teams. He got the Clive Churchill, but, you know, the couple of tries he set up, um, the kick for Justin O'Neill in the corner was yep. like pinpoint. You know, the, they're just so good at what they do, those, those three, obviously, but – um. Yeah, special day, mate. Very special. A fourteen-four scoreline suggests it was boring and low scoring. I loved it. It's the ultimate test yeah. of character when you got two defensive sides that are absolutely on. Yeah, that's it, man. That's that's probably a good way of summing it up. The character of both teams, both you know, well, Des and and Craig, obviously two coaches who you know hang their hat on defence. So yeah. that was you know. They would have been both well, probably not Des as much as Craig, but they both would have been happy if that was a club game. You'd be happy with you know to walk away off that and say, you know, our defence was on today. And as I said, you know, I reckon Cooper Cronk was the difference in in just his not only the kicks, like I said before, about the kicks for the tries and whatnot, but just where he was putting the ball on fist yeah. tackles and um, got us a few repeats early in the game and 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 the rest of it. it it was one for the purists, mate, I suppose, like edge-of-the-seat stuff. And the Bulldogs threw everything at us in the second half. Obviously, they were the ones chasing points, and we yeah. sort of bunkered down and were just trying to stop them. But, um, yeah, there was there was the, um, I think it was uh, Josh Morris when Billy knocked the ball dead. You yes. know, that, that could have been a try. And next minute, it's 14-10. And there was just heaps of little moments like that where the Bulldogs were really, you know, on the pedal of maybe scoring a try and making a real game of it. But, yeah, I, I was off for the last 25 minutes, mate, and I reckon I watched every second countdown <laughs> for that last 25 minutes. Just come on, you clock, just go a bit quicker. So, yeah, no, it was I've, – I've never, you know, that siren full-time, mate, that is – just I just wished I could go back and bottle that because that was, yeah. Something I've never experienced. I've had kids. I've you know I've done all that sort of stuff. I've heard people say you know, but that was just just something different. It was it was, you know, pure joy. You know, it was um, yeah. Can't explain. Can't put it into words. Really, it was. But I'd love to do it again. Obviously, never gonna. But yeah, mate. It's nine years on, and you're still getting emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, I do, mate. And um, I um, you know. For the first few years, to be honest, Andy, after I retired, I sort of thought, you know, I was lucky to be in that team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if if, if you if you're going on talent, I'm probably number seventeen on the list in that team. But you know, I've talked to people about it since I've retired and stuff like that. And my journey to get to that day was what made it even more special. Like 100%. that, you know, I, I got cut from South, went to Cairns and played Q Cup. You know. If it wasn't for the for the salary cap issues that the storm had in 2010, I probably wouldn't have got the phone call to mm. go there. You know what I mean? So many things sort of fell on me lap. Start of 2012, I wasn't even in the team. I'd come back from a couple of minor surgeries and didn't sort of get a start until mid year. And then at that stage, had sort of in my own head decided that that would probably be enough for me. Like you know, battled you know sort of in and out of first grade nearly my whole career. So I'd, I'd sort of had enough of doing that. But then. That sort of triggered me to really give the back end of that year a crack. Yep. Like you know, really, you know, really enjoyed training that last half of the year, and um, obviously being in that team, you never know what they what they're capable of. You know what I mean? So I thought, have a red hot crack at 
fucking couldn't have, couldn't have finished any better. <laughs> Mate, interesting you say that you you almost felt like you didn't belong because in a 17-man or a 30-man club squad, yeah, you need the talented guys, but you also need just the fast guys, you need the tough guys, you need the, the guys with character, you need the good clubmen. I thought you belonged because a club is made up of 30 different individuals, not just six or seven talented freaks. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and you know, some people ask, you know, what what makes a grand final team, you know, you know, blokes at work when we chat footy and stuff like that. But yeah. I think if you look at most of the premiership teams, there's a good, like you say, there's a good mix of, you know, you got your your talent. Obviously, you need your talent. You need your you know you need your big three or four players in in each team. But you, with the salary cap sort of stuff as well, you need um, good young guys coming through that can handle it. Um, mm. So, like for us that year was like Gareth Widdop, Jesse Bromwich. Like these guys were at the start of their careers, and yep. obviously yep. freaks. You know, talented guys. So, and you know, as far as the salary cap, they're not probably taking up much of the cap early on, but you're getting quality out of them yeah. you know what I mean like um then you need your battlers that probably perform a little bit better around those better guys as well you know what I mean like it's it's yeah there's a lot of that sort of mix I think that makes you know a premiership team it's not so much just a, a star-studded team because you know I, th- I think that if you got too many stars in the side it's a little bit you know who do you give it to and yeah can get a little bit confusing as far as the football side of it goes. So we were pretty lucky. We had a really good mix of guys that year. The quality on show in that grand final is amazing. The talent of player. And you've got to look no further than the benches. James Graham, Sikamanu, Dale Finucane, Ryan Hinchcliffe, Corey Payne, Richie Fayoso, David Stagg and yourself. The benches actually tell us just how good the starting sides were. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, like, you know, James Graham probably, that was probably a tactical thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's starting in most games. But like you say, you know, the two front rows that started in front of him was Tolman and um, Sammy Cassiano. Yep. So, yeah, and Sa- that was Sammy Cassiano's probably best year. Um, Aiden Tolman's just one of those guys that, you know, you're going to get quality, yep. you know, quality seven or eight out of ten out of him every week. So, but obviously that that was a big punch for them. James Graham coming off on after twenty minutes or whatever, and coming off and having two stints in the second half, and he played a little bit like Sammy that year. They played like like halves. They yes. they ball played up the middle. They they shifted to the edges a lot, which which made it really hard. You know, there was a big emphasis on us in the middle, putting a lot of pressure on those guys to make them pass earlier, just so our defense could sort of set off that, which. You know, was a big job for us in the middle. That those sort of little things don't get picked up in the game unless you're probably a tragic first grade coach sitting on the couch at home, or or you know, really invested in what both teams are doing. You probably don't notice that. Yeah. But your Todd Lowry's and Ryan Hinchcliffe's and that in that game where they were putting a lot of pressure on those inside guys was yeah, that made it a lot easier for our edges to sort of make decisions off the back of that. You weren't at the club in 07 and 09 when they were stripped of points for their salary cap rorting, but plenty of your teammates on that day were. Considering what the players had been through personally, it was a real chance at redemption this grand final for many of the guys. It was very emotional. Yeah, it was, mate. Yeah, and it was. It wasn't. It was in the back of all their heads, but it was never spoken about. Yeah, it was never. 
you, you could get a sense of that us versus the world mentality I think they took out of the back of that. But I was there in 11, which was the year after, and we won the minor premiership, got beat by a red-hot Warriors side yep. in the prelim down there. Um, and I think I think off the back of that, the club sort of knew, well, you know, we, we, we can still do something. I think that year was probably a let's see how this goes because obviously they lost so many players and, you know, there, there was a lot of uh, chopping and changing of the squad and all the rest of it. But going into 2012, there was a, a, a real confidence that if we could produce what we did the year before, that we could we could do something pretty mm. special. And that and that was spoken about mid-year. Um, we went and did a camp at King's Beach or the King's Cliff mm. up near the Goldie. Yep. And um, it was sort of brought up then that, you know, if we keep going on this trajectory, we're 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 going to do so we could do something special. So that was sort of planted in everybody's head then that you know let's all stay focused and and we could possibly do something. But I think uh, well, Smitty has said in his book, and I think Craig said it in a few interviews since it 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 is for those guys that were there in seven and nine. I think the twelve one was pretty special for that reason that it was a bit like you know we're we're a good good footy team we're we're a strong club that that's what won us those comps you know and then that's what they believe and and having been there for that two years post obviously the salary cap stuff yeah they're always going to be successful as long as craig's there the official crowd number was eighty two thousand nine hundred and seventy six. just to play in front of that number that's a memory in itself yeah it was phenomenal mate it was um i'd played there obviously with south that was our home ground so I, I knew the stadium well, but I'd never been there when it's that full, yeah. you know. Um, I remember sitting in the locker before the game and um, whoever the pre-match entertainment was, but yep. um, sitting in the locker and, and you know yourself, the, the lockers at ANZ are those sort of timber, well, they're like chipboard sort of locker rooms. Yep. And I remember sitting there and, and I, I could just – Feel like I just got this feeling, like a, a bit of a buzz, and yeah. I felt I felt the timber locker, and the timber locker was vibrating from the noise. Like, and I, honestly, mate, I, I wasn't too nervous until then. I thought, you know, this is a big deal. You know, you, you're sort of focused on the game. You're not thinking yeah. about the crowd or anything like that as much, and and you're just sort of trying to focus on what Craig wants you to do or what you know you need to do or whatever. And, but then when I sort of felt that, and I'd never obviously felt that with eleven thousand in the stadium when I was playing for South, but <laughs> yeah, mate, that was that that was yeah. The the heart sort of skipped a beat. Then's like, you know, shit. This is this is a big deal. So and then to run out, um, I know it was a lot of blue and white, but yeah, mate, still a huge buzz. Is there something that stands out from the week or the day or even the week after that you'll never forget? Something that stands out above everything else? Uh probably. Um, after the game, we uh, we obviously celebrated for a while in the sheds with family and and, yep. and staff and all the rest of it, which was all special too, obviously. But just the the sort of main staff and the players, we all went back out onto the field, sort of you know toasted the season and what we'd done, and um, we went back out, put the sort of trophy in the middle, all stood around, and Smithy sort of you know said a few things about the year and that, and then he he gave me a bit of a rap. Um, just Smithy and I grew up playing rep footy together yep. and he's actually mentioned it in his book. So that's uh, 
it's pretty special to have it obviously immortalized in his book but um I won't say what he said because it's it's pretty special just between us and 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 uh, obviously everyone that was there but that 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 well, I'll never forget mate I could you know suffer another 300 head knocks and I, I won't I won't forget though what he said that night and that sort of made it pretty special for me obviously being my last game and the yeah. rest of it um Craig sort of spoke as well and touched on a few things as well which which was was special so just those personal things that you know, obviously having mum and dad and the wife and kids and that in the crowd too, you know, seeing them at full time and yeah. they start the journey with you and to be there right at the end and, and to be able to celebrate something that special all together was, you know, obviously I'll never forget that either. But, yeah, that little personal sort of thing with, with Smitty was, you know, very special. Still get goosebumps now about it actually. It's, it's yeah, quite was quite a special sort of night, back end of the night. Geez, sport can be wonderful, and rugby league just a fabulous game, can't it? When you when you hear stories oh, like you just told, yeah, absolutely, mate. Like it's, yeah, don't worry. There's always a lot of downs as well yeah. <laughs> that goes along with it. it. You know, it's the epitome of a roller coaster of a rugby league career. But you know, obviously in retirement, you, you sort of focus more on those special things, yep, rather than the you know the getting dropped or you know an injury or suspension or something along those lines. It's, you know, those sort of, you know, grand final night, Smithy's kind words, all that sort of stuff just, you know, wipes all those bad. I, I do all the tough stuff 10 times over just to experience all that again. So as you say, mate, it's it can be such a special, special thing to be involved in such a good club and finish it like that was, yeah, outstanding. I love looking back at the good old days. It makes us sound like old bastards, which we are, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for dropping yeah. in, mate. Thank you, mate. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry. That's with an I at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. What about this little legend, the little general, Stacey Jones, reflecting on the 2002 grand final? Um, we had a, you know, we had a good balance of players. We had a tough forward pack, you know, with Jerry, Tooks, Arwen, obviously Campo, Logan, Y, Villa. Um, and, you know, it was probably a period where I was, um, able to play my best football, and yep. uh, I had a really good dummy half. You know, I had a PJ Marsh who was oh, look, he was outstanding. Yeah. The deliverance that he would give you, um, his craftiness around the ruck. You know, so I think at that time we just had a good balanced team. That was the year the Bulldogs were stripped of their competition points for significant salary cap breaches, and significant as in. Very bold text there. You finished minor premiers and you were grand finalists. Unfortunately, you ran into the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. What a side yeah. that was. Yeah. Um, they were just yeah, cracking red hot. Yeah. Um, defensively, they were they were a step ahead of everyone else. Um, um you know, they, they just took time away from you. I remember yeah. playing against them. I think they beat us by 40, um, second to last round of the 
the season and then um yeah they would they just took away your time they were aggressive line speed yep. um, and then obviously they're attacking with with Freddie leading the way um it was very tough so mm. the roosters side in their defense that season did it change the game and how the game was played i think so um the way that you defend that and i felt that they you know you can't get up every week to yep. defend like that at some stage it'll It'll sap you, but you know they did it for what, three or four years. Yeah. Um, the way they did it, you know, late, uh, you know, I think two thousand and three, two thousand and four, they make those grand finals. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, um, yeah, they did it for a long period of time, and you know, it was very tough to play against. It was one of the most brutal grand finals I can recall. Six two at half time, and then just after the break. You scored a try, that try. What can you recall from that moment? Uh, yeah, I, look, I remember, you know, going in at half time. I felt, you know, we we were right in the game. Um, we were unlucky not to score right on half time. Um, I think with Justin Murphy was chasing a kick and the ball bounced one way. But had it bounced the other, he would have scored. And then coming in at half time, we, you know, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. Um, and, uh, Fortunately for us, we got off to a good start. Jerry um, took the ball into the line and offloaded and gave me a bit of space. And it's one of those things that you just go, wow, you know, you see the trial and just go for it. And, um, yeah, you know, it was a special moment, but obviously I'd give that back any day um, yeah. to have the, the win. Hi, I'm Anthony Minacello, and my memory of the 2013 Grand Final is certainly one of my favourites. Uh, that year, I think it was a record year. We had our new coach, Trent Robinson, come on board and we really worked all pre-season into being a second-half team. He challenged us saying we're not. So we put our whole uh, framework about being a second-half team in place during the pre-season. We fast-forward to the final game of the year, the grand final, we're playing Manly. And we're down 10 points with 20 minutes to go and a few players were getting a bit frantic on the field and it was just reminding them that we've worked all pre-season for this. Remember, we're a second-half team. Just go out and do your job, your job only, and we'll be fine. And we score three tries to win the match and hold up the trophy. Amazing feeling. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, our grand final special. There's no off-season on this podcast. We'll enjoy a bye week to regroup and prepare. Then it's straight back into it. Mondays will be question-answer podcasts. Your questions, their answers. The biggest names in rugby league, both past and present, answering what you want to hear. Midweek, we're going to look at different eras, different clubs and players and their impact on the game. The controversies, the good, the bad and the ugly, there'll be interviews as well. It's unlike anything you've ever heard before. Then on the weekend, proof you don't necessarily have to be a big name to have a big story and not a footballer in sight. I'll be chatting with some of the most interesting, complex, passionate and inspiring people I know, all with a story to tell. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be amazed. And it's most certainly unfiltered. Before you go, make sure you're subscribed to the potty so you don't miss an episode. And wherever you are listening, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It helps us in business terms as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you 
more. Make sure you come back soon, legends. 